0: This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.
1: Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Welcome to All Possibilities, I'm your host Julie Chan. Now I'm always excited for each of my guests, but today is a special one. I have Jesse Bravo here, he is a psychic medium and he's also an investment banker. So how I met him was, I have to say, I don't even know how many years ago it was, but it was when I first started developing my own intuitive psychic gifts and I was very closeted about it. Didn't know that there was even a community in new york or that other people you know ha- may have had the same experiences and i came upon jesse's meetup and it, it just changed my trajectory so jesse it is so great to have you on the show
0: oh it's so wonderful to be here too i am so happy to be here you do not even know
1: Oh, beautiful. So, so, Jesse, you have a very interesting background, and I think probably what gravitated me towards you was, it, to me, it feels like there's this rational side of you, which is being an investment banker and this incredibly spiritual side of you. So let's start with having you share with us, You know what? how, how do you do both of them?
0: Not easy, and I toe the line all the time. And, you know, in a sense, when you think about the two different worlds that I operate in at the same time, is that you have the physical side, which is greedy, which is uh, devoid sometimes of emotions and uh, self, self-centered, self I think, is the best way sometimes we could describe the physical world. And then you have this other world where you are loving and open and helpful and and doing something really for the benefit of all at the same time. And then you try to put those two together. It's almost like an oxymoron. It's the biggest joke the universe has played upon me. That's, that's the best way that I could describe the two worlds. And being in between, um, I believe that, you know, one of the things of, of life is the barriers, is about having proper barriers in our lives. And I know that my physical life... Not every barrier is exactly the same or operates the same, and some I'm even devoid of. And so when you talk about for what I do, I literally have to be mindful at all times that during the day, Wall Street is what I'm doing. And by no means am I going to let anything interfere with that. And when that clock ticks and the bell rings and the markets close and my days close for business... Then it is at that point that I allow myself to open up to the other world, in which I could be helpful and loving, and maybe not self-seeking, or, or you know, things that are more open to the universe than Wall Street. So I, I almost call myself like the Dark Knight. I'm almost like Batman. Like during the day, I'm like I'm like Bruce. And then at night I'm like Batman, but it's, you know, a little bit different, you know, other than I'm being a psychic medium. But it's, it it really is, is almost like being, having two personalities. And uh, that's not always easy to deal with sometimes.
1: Hmm. That's something I'm very curious about because um, one would think that that you could merge the two and And maybe you know use your intuitive senses in how you operate in business, so I'm curious to know you know whether you whether you set the barrier but still allow yourself to bridge the two
0: so for legality purposes <laughs> uh, it's funny, the Wall Street Journal asked me the same exact question when I did my interview with them, and because of legalities and of course, deciding being very litigious <laughs> to, <laughs> to begin with, uh, you know, it was me and my securities lawyers that had to be very careful with this because, you know, you could look off and make a situation say, okay, let somebody let somebody's not happy with my performance. They can go and file a complaint sue me in court. And then when I get to court, they said, well, Jesse told me today that the stars were lined and they felt great. And my grandmother came through and gave him some symbols. And now, now, now I lost money. He's a liar. He's a fraud. He's a charlatan. And so we had to really put that into the equation. And that is a real thing. So what we decided to do was to leave each world in its own so that when I'm in Wall Street, I'm operating simply by logic and understanding and experience. I've been doing it for 20 years. So I go by that. And it's not to say that I don't get good feelings about things often, as I just can't let it at any time influence my final decision. Everyone has feelings. Everybody has a gut feeling. Everybody says, oh, that makes sense. And I just have to make sure at all times that it does not, That is just the feeling, that's all that it is. And logic is all that dictates of what I do. And that leaves me completely liability-free in that sense. So I do board myself up very carefully, so I don't let the two worlds mix. So literally, I'm standing in between two worlds at once, and uh, it's, a, it's a balancing act.
1: Let's talk about what you do after the bell rings then.
0: (laughs) You know, so for some reason, people say that I'm very good at what I do. Now, I have no knowledge of that. I think everybody has this self-thinking of what they're worth. And I think we always miscalculate that we're always worth more than what we think. And I allow other people to tell me what they think, which is a better reflection of what reality is. And I've been able to garner a very good reputation of helping a lot of people, seeing things correctly and advising correctly. And, you know, so I've been able to establish a great clientele who, you know, actors, models, uh, business people, you know, entertainers, uh, who all seek me to guide them in their best direction. And so, you know, when the bell rings, you know, I roll up my sleeves and, uh, you know, I don't put on a pair of robes, but, you know, I go out and I do the spiritual work and, you know, my clients include housewives and, you know, anyone else who decides that they want to walk in the door to be helped. And so, you know, I go into this different mode and uh, it's a different way of thinking. Uh, It's a very open way of thinking where maybe... Working is a very closed way. You know, there's a system, the systems of checks that have to go through. But when you're doing this type of work, it's just open. Everything is just an open possibility. And I act as the conduit. And that's nothing more than a tool. It's not me. I don't take any, I don't get any blame and I don't take any of of the glory. So all I am is just a tool, a conduit. So... So I don't even look at it as, you know, good or bad. It's kind of hilarious. And I tell that to my clients and they don't always get it, uh, but I get it. And that's, what's really important.
1: So for listeners who maybe have not strengthened their own intuitive muscles or are curious, you know, how does this work? What happens when you do a psychic or, or medium reading?
0: Okay. Um, Essentially, the key to the whole deal is quieting the mind. Now, for me, I know I have this voice that speaks in my own voice. And depending on the day, it may be saying some good things and it may be saying some bad things. And a lot of it, sometimes I don't think that we can control. And some are some repetitive patterns over and over again. So the key for intuition and gaining psychic ability or harnessing your own psychic ability Is the ability of quieting that voice. Because what happens is, is that once you finish and you quiet that voice, which I use meditation personally, and meditation of just trying to just not think of anything. So some people use guided meditation. I don't want guided meditation. I want my mind to be completely open and quiet and let whatever is going to come in, come in. And once you quieted that voice, you will be surprised of what's behind it. So in a sense, we sort of hold ourselves back in our own psychic abilities because we just can't get past that repetitive voice that speaks so quickly in our own voice. So it makes it very, you know, charming and very loving. And it lulls you into this pattern of what we call life. So I meditate I find that quiet place where just everything that comes in and I don't have a voice. And it is through there that I hear, I see, I feel and I just know things. And that's how it comes in and so it's a very passive process. So when you see people on TV, whether it's John Edwards, uh whether it's Tyler Henry, uh, or the Long Island Medium is probably more a product for New York and the Eastern Seaboard, uh, you're like, wow, they must have like this magical powers. And, and sometimes you hear some people um, on their interviews and they're like, oh, I'm a ninth generation psychic and this is hereditary and, you know, that's all bullshit. Um, this is the, the, it's a very simple and passive process. And all they've done is taking time to quiet their mind long enough to hear a voice that is not theirs. And is that voice that then becomes your psychic voice that you can draw on to start to help people. And then it becomes now a trust issue. So I guess when you first start off, you get these impressions and these images and these messages for other people. And our first thought because of the society that we live in is to say, oh, I must be crazy because now I'm hearing voices. And most people who hear voices are institutionalized, and that's just a common theme. But this voice that comes in is not that voice that you may think of in some psychosomatic or you know um, illness of the mind. And then it becomes a process as if what they're saying is true. And the only way to get over it is to give somebody a message and see how it lands. Is it true? Is it helpful? And uh, I have no problem with self-confidence, so I had no problem doing that. And the way that I really started to do it is I would go on the train. And if I got a message for somebody, I would go up to them and say, look, I don't need your money. I'm not interested in your money. Um, I happen to be a psychic medium. I just got a message. Is it okay that I give it to you? And I would say on the majority, people are more than happy to receive something, especially once they knew that you had no interest in money and some other stuff. And when they gave you verification back, like, thank you, or oh my God, and things like that, then that confidence starts to grow And so if you're a person out there that's looking to increase your abilities and harness them, you have to take that leap of faith. And the leap of faith of that is that you're not crazy, that there is something going on here that's behind you, and just let it go. And when you let it go, you'll gain freedom. You'll you'll, you'll you'll gain so much freedom because it's just not you. How could you possibly know?
1: That was beautifully said. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about trust. And that's something that was huge for me in stepping into the work that I do. And I think I'd like to learn more about that from you. We'll be right back after this. have a story or a comment you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com.
0: Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at The Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's music lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes. Yes We're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there.
1: All right, we're back. We're here with Jesse Bravo, who is a psychic medium and an investment banker. So we just talked about. how he manages to operate in both worlds and the idea behind how everyone has intuitive ability is just a matter of quieting the voice the inner voice and being able to trust the messages that we receive so as some context so so when i first went to jesse's uh seance in the city meetup and during this time you would teach about how someone like me who had never really had that kind of experience, how I can access my own inner voice. And I did not think it was possible, having led a very rational life. And I think I re- I needed having that firsthand personal experience during one of your meditations to actually see that messages could come through. And then it became a matter of actually trusting it for myself and trusting it to even give a message to somebody else. So because you created this inviting space to experiment and say, hey, you know, this person that you don't know, if you got something, let them know. And it took me so long to gather up the courage after the meetup to say, hey, I got something. I don't know if this makes any sense, but this is what I got, and this is what I think it means. And the first kind of validation that I got, it was – truly a beautiful moment and for someone who does think very logically it 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 did make a lot of logical sense like if if i receive this message and it resonates with someone and they're able to get something out of it that could help them change their life or make a a choice or bring them joy that 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 to me is the rational and the intuitive combined so so my question for you jesse is How do you get to that level of trust for someone who is, who, who kind of doesn't even know, and I think this is pertains to our, a lot of the questions that I get from people is they don't know what voice is happening in their head. They don't know whether it's their ego voice or, or some message that they should listen to.
0: The best way I've described this is that, you know, during anyone who's listening to this, to this podcast. We'll know that during the day, very often as we're living our lives, there are so many thoughts that are going by in their head. But there are times in the day where things happen that are so weird, out of the blue, that it stops them from the normal everyday life. So you're doing something that, you know, for work, and then out of the blue, a memory or an image pops up in your head that has nothing to do about what you're doing. Now, because we live in New York, we're doing this here. I would say that time is, you you need to get things done like yesterday. So we don't really have time to stop. So you just throw that moment out and you try to get back to what you're doing because everything is so important, right? And what I would say to everyone out there is don't throw that moment away. Because that moment is a moment where you are actually getting information for whatever source that you want to believe. If you want to believe it's spirit, you want to believe it's an angel, a demon, you want to believe in aliens, oh whatever you want to believe, it. I don't really care. What I do care about is that there was information passed to you. But because you passed it by, you didn't get the worthiness of it. So everyone is born with these abilities. Like in our first half of the segment before, I was talking about those people say, oh, I'm a fifth generation. That's an elaborate way of saying, I'm special. And if I'm special, then you're not special. Because I have this and you don't. And because I have it, you're going to have to pay me lots of money to get it. So now it becomes like a valuable commodity. Bullshit. Every single person has intuition. Every one of us. So the question is, is that can you stop yourself for that moment to try to figure out what what you just saw? And how would that correlate with anything else? Because it's in those odd moments that you receive something that stops you. And and that's what it's supposed to do: stop you. Stop you. And say, what why am I getting this? So I challenge. Everyone who's listening to this, I challenge you for the next 30 days, if you can just be aware of your thoughts, that when you just get a wild, crazy thing that comes in to just stop for a moment, a small little moment, don't worry, you'll get those seconds back somewhere else in your life, but stop for that small moment and ask themselves, what did I just see there? Because when you can acknowledge that you saw something that was odd and strange, that made absolutely no sense, that is the beginning of a journey that will allow you to now become more comfortable the next time it comes in, and maybe a little bit more comfortable and spending a little bit more time of understanding of what they saw to try to make sense of it. And it is those little little moments that build the trust and confidence. Now, one of the other ways I say, if you're a person who's developed a little bit more of your intuition, I think social media is a wonderful platform because not everyone is built with self-confidence to go in front of someone and say, hey, the spirit just contacted me. Your grandmother just said, clean your underwear. You know. <laughs> Not everyone's gonna have that ability of going face to face with someone. But social media is wonderful because you're on a keyboard, there's no face, there's no possibility of rejection and, and maybe even an altercation because that's I was so afraid that I'm like, somebody's just gonna punch me in the face. And I probably would deserve it too, but I didn't want to get punched in the face. But that was like a possibility. If we live in New York, you know, you catch somebody on the wrong day. So so for me, when you deal with social media you can help a lot of of people out with what you're getting without the consequences of an interaction face-to-face. And that makes it a little bit more sanitized for people. That allows them more confidence to do something because there's no real consequences to them. Like, okay, that, that happened. But it allows you to do what you do, which is to practice. Because the more, it's like any muscle the more you use a muscle, the stronger it's going to become. And the less you use it, the less strong it's going to be. become weaker. So you're in constant motion, weaker or stronger, right? So the more you use it, the more it becomes stronger, the more trust you have, not in anything else but other than yourself. And at that point, it becomes normal. And then when it becomes normal, then it just happens natural. So I would say to you people out there, when you first start off, this is the most amazing part of your life. When you first start to, it's so amazing because when, when it first happened to me, I'm like I'm, I'm like, I'm amazing. I'm like Superman. Like I have powers because I just didn't understand the spirituality aspect of it. I just saw the self-feeding proposition of it. You know, it was a self-centered part of it. It was, I'm special, I have powers, I'm different. And I and overcame that problem with myself and my character. But I would say it was the most exciting part because everything was the first time, the first image, the first things that you saw, the first person you helped, and, and it all so special. And it's like, oh my God, and it's such a great feeling. But, you know, it will wear away after a while because it becomes normal. And so when I hear people talking about paranormal, this isn't paranormal. This is just normal at Mm -hmm. that point. At first, I think it was paranormal. Now it's just normal. (laughs) There's no power anymore. It's just normal.
1: Right. I want to shift gears and let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the discussion with Jesse Bravo. And I'm going to ask him about power. And the dynamic between someone going to a psychic medium for a message. We'll be right back.
0: If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com.
1: All right, we are back with Jesse Bravo and we'll dive right in. So, so Jesse, some of my clients, when they come to me, they they talk about maybe a past experience that they've had with a psychic where maybe someone gave them a message, like you're going to step on a nail, for example, and it, it scared them so much that it prevented them from actually going on a trip, for example, or taking the steps to actually, um, you know, potentially get to that point. And, and so I've always wondered about this notion of power and, and the messages that someone might get from you, for example, or from any intuitive and what what that means, like in terms of the messages that you receive. And coupled with that, and I hope this doesn't complicate things, but I wonder about time. Like, I wonder if at that moment you can, you're on a timeline, but the next moment you could potentially be on a completely different timeline, depending on the choices that we make. So if, for example, something doesn't come true, you know, what what are the reasons behind that? So so what are your thoughts on that?
0: We don't have enough time in this podcast for a full explanation, and uh, I would charge for that lecture. Um, what I would say is this, the position of the psychic is a very powerful one, and, and I take that into so much consideration, because as you say... Um, our words are helped to guide people, but in a sense, if people are taking it a hundred percent, you know, the power that we have in people's lives is very, very large. And we have to always be very cognizant of how we can affect somebody. So I go to great lengths to protect the client from themselves. And I'm gonna tell you how I do it. When I have a reading, I tell people. At no time should you ever take my word at 100%. And anything that I ever tell you, you should definitely bounce off other people to ensure that this is something that is right for you. Because I am not 100% accurate. I am not God. I'm just a person that has some missing pieces that could hopefully get you to where you want to go. So, When you bash yourself like that, because you're really bashing yourself, and it's directly against the other model of psychics which want you to rely on them. When you see psychics out there, their business model is to rely on them so that if a pipe has like uh, some air in it and it makes a noise in your house and it goes off, they want you scared enough That you come calling over, like, I think I got ghosts in my house. You gotta come clean it, and I think somebody's doing some hex on me, you gotta clear because they want you to come back. It's a repeat business model.
1: Right.
0: My model is stupidity. I want to see you once and I never want to see you again. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any financial sense. And so I tell them right up front, I bash myself. So they know that we're both operating on the same level. I am not higher they are not lower, and that my words are meant to help them get to a decision and that I will not make that decision for them. And so as a result, I give them enough information that is pertinent to make the right decision for themselves. So my, my job is not being a decision maker. So when you take those elements out and you show people different consequences for different actions. Then essentially with the timeline is that you've laid out different timelines, and now it is client who has to make the decision on which timeline they wish to go under. And at that point, it takes all the power out of your hands. It empowers the client to make what is best for them, and it leaves them in a position of feeling empowered instead of disempowered, meaning the person just made the decision for me, I must follow them. And for, for me in particular, if we can get that done, then literally I shouldn't have to see them again. Unless, And my, my rule is you get to see me once a year. That's the rule. Unless it's some drastic emergency, I'm not interested. I tell them I'm not interested in their money. I don't need it. I don't want to waste the time. I don't have it. I want to help someone else. And so for that, I believe that my model, I believe is a better preferable model for a client than them going to someone over and over again and empowering them to manage their lives. Because then that person is not really a psychic, they're really a life coach. If you really think about it, they're not a psychic, they're a life coach and a therapist at the same time. And what happens is that They'll sit them in a chair instead of sitting in a couch, and the person will just talk themselves to death, while the meter's running. They'll leave, great, you know, dropping everything in their lap, letting the the psychic then decide what they should do, and then they leave. They leave empty, hmm. with nothing, only to come back in a repetitive pattern, and that's why psychics don't like me. And by the way, I don't like you either, um, because I tell it the way it is. <laughs> And if you're interested in helping people, that model is not, is not helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. I hear you on that.
0: Not, not a popular, not a popular decision. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: But, but I I, I believe it's the best for me, for me, I feel it's the best.
1: Right. And I think it, it took a lot for me to even say the word psychic out loud because of all (laughs) of that, you know, negative connotation and Part of my part of getting over that hump for me was I think there is something here where we can we can create a positive connotation for the term psychic
0: one One of the things I want to tell you is that when i I tell people like this i said listen for for gay people, I know what it is when they say to come out of the closet mm-hmm. because here as I was on Wall street I'm a logical guy I'm respected and when this thing re came back at me, I had to make that decision, which was uh, my wife at the time, to come out and tell people this thing, and it's it's not easy because the culture has, and rightly so, the the psychic community itself has damned itself by by not being upright and upfront, and not policing itself and not calling out charlatans when they see them. So this is a self-inflicted wound. So when I first had to come out, man, it was not easy. It wasn't easy. And like you say, when people think psychic, when I think psychic, I think of that gypsy on the corner that's like $5 for the palm reading. And then she's robbed your pockets like you got no money left. <laughs> and you have some egg that you think that somebody hexed you with and you got to keep it. And you have like this whole crazy like in a tent with a with a crystal ball. Like that's what goes on in my mind. And I do this all the time. So, you know, can you imagine what everyone else thinks, their, their mental library of their subconscious when you tell them, oh, I'm a psychic. They're like, oh, Yeah that's great for you. But you know what kind I think things have changed a little bit because of maybe a lot of the social media and all of the TV. Because I notice when I tell people what I do, they're like, hey, this guy's a psychic. We're going to invite you to our next party. You know, because now it's like more of an entertainment aspect of it. But there is still, you see in the newspaper all the time, people getting taken for a tremendous amount of money. I Once uh, someone called me from, you know, some country and they said, oh, somebody wants to charge me 50000 for this piece of jewelry that's going to let my soul uh, release. And I told the lady, I said, lady, you, I know you're a logical person. I'm like, but if, some, if you heard someone else tell, say that, you would understand of how crazy that sounds. And I said, you're being taken for a ride. It's a lie. It's a, it's, it's a meant of taking, parting you from your money. And so I hear it all the time. You see it uh, in the newspapers all the time. So this happens every day. So, you know, for me, I feel like I like to call out all the stuff because I think it does better for the community. And Because uh, it's just not about me. I mean, I'm part of a lot of other people. So, so that's, how, that's how I feel about it, that uh, if you're a part of the community, do the, do the right thing. Do the right thing so that you can help out the whole, not just yourself as an individual.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the case for for any line of work, lawyers, bankers,
0: teachers. Yeah, I say that in the media all the time when they ask me about that because they always want to pull the rug on Mm -hmm. you. But what about this? You know, like, (laughs) aha, I got you. And then I say that all the time. I said, well, what about the bankers from Wells Fargo? What about here? What about the contract that says he's coming to your house? You know, he's going to take one week and three months later, he's still working. What about, you know, the pastry guy? In every line of work, you're going to have people who are not, you know, not good people. So why beat up on us only?
1: So Jesse, we know you have a lot of Twitter followers. And given everything that you've just talked about in terms of the negative connotations of psychics, why is it that you have such a big following, not necessarily because of you, but because of, you know, what it, what it is that people are really able to gain?
0: My personal feeling is, is, is probably tenfold, but I can't get into every aspect of it. But I will mention just a couple. Number one, I feel that with the introduction of TV and being with, you know, the ghost hunters, you have, uh. You have Ghost Hunters, you have the Ghost Adventurers, you have, uh, you know, Tyler Henry on TV, you had John Edwards, you had Sylvia Brown, that there's been this really big explosion of spirituality. And I really feel that combined of the the financial crisis of 2008, that people really relied on the government for everything, you know? And when they saw that the government was rocked and the institutions failed then if you weren't a person of God per se, meaning a churchgoer, what were you left with? What were you left with? And I feel that created like a big power vacuum, an empty hole in people. And it left the possibility that maybe there's something else out there, because what they saw in front of them failed. And that opened up this floodgate for people to be open-minded that... It's happening for all these other people. Why not for me? And I feel that religion also has been getting a little bit looser lately with their interpretations. And, you know, I know for a while people would say, oh, you got the demon and you, got the devil in you. Yeah. That, 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 you know? And um, so, you know, I had to do that for a while, but now, now it's more like, well... Well, maybe, well, Jesus was talking to angels, so there's got to be something in existence, right? So maybe you're talking to angels, too. And so it's, it's opened up some interpretation so the, that strictness is not there. And so people who are following in those lines are now maybe a little bit open, too, to be like, yes, there is something out there. Maybe it is beneficial. Maybe God has, you know, but they get back to the special thing. Maybe God has placed special things on this person, that's all right because everything takes time to come more evolved and enlightened. So I believe that we are at the beginning of this spiritual revolution that has really exploded. Because if you go on TV, that is what you see. It sells. You have non-spiritual people selling spiritual products because it sells. Because people are looking for it. They're looking for that thing. And it's always been the biggest fear of since the beginning of creation, which is we all know that at some point we are going to die. And I don't know about you. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that part of the gig, right? So everybody wants to know, okay, when I'm dying, what's going to happen for me? You know? And that big question out there is always out there. And it's always going to be out there until we become robots of some type. And we don't have to die and, we're, you know, we're robotic. Uh, but until then, that's what we're going to think about. And and that's always going to be there, and that's always going to be a big... Matter of fact, the, the psychic business is a multi-billion dollar business in the United States, yet when they do surveys, they say that, you know, only a few people believe in that. That's impossible. The money doesn't equal that. So there's a lot of people who are in the closet who won't say something, but more than willing to get a message. More than willing to get a message and pay for it, too. So this is what I feel of why... You know, I'm not the only game in town. I'm not even the best game in town. And, uh, you know, there's such a big following in the spiritual area.
1: Hmm. So I always have my guests share something that's important to them, whether it's a cause or a word of wisdom. And secondly, how can our listeners get in touch with you?
0: Hmm. Wow. Just got so emotional there for a second. Oh wow. Wow. Oh wow. Looking for a cause. Wow. Um for me, cause is like just be just a basic human being to another person. I think I think for me, just kindness is the greatest cause. Because you know, if you're just kind, you know, you really help people out in a day. Some people sometimes you don't know what's going on in another person's life, just being kind is just it's just good enough uh, for yourself and for everyone else. I think that's the cause that I mostly love and and, and value. And as far as reaching me, you know, just go on Google, look on... Jesse, just punch up my name, Jesse Bravo, and Google has a way of finding me. Um, (laughs) My site is uh, mediumjessebravo.com. And just uh, give me a call, drop me an email, and uh, we'll definitely talk.
1: Beautiful. Jesse, it was a pleasure having you on the show and for being a part of my own spiritual journey too. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: To our listeners, thank you for joining us. And if there's something that you want to take away from this show or from today's episode, look at how you can quiet your mind and really tap into the intuition that you inherently have. Until the next time, be on the lookout for All Possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us.
0: This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.